I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And I'm Luana Saita. And we love to watch. We love to watch. Women do the derndest things. She's a lady. Oh, 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 she's a lady. Talking about that little lady. And the lady is mine. <laughs> uh, not only do women do the darndest things, men just can't seem to think they can do the darndest things. <laughs> this movie is just like, eh, what can a woman do? Wear a dress and uh, end of list. <laughs> It is like it is a movie about constant uh, underestimation. <laughs> like it's it, it's their, it, their greatest assets are are the, right, we'll get into it. Yeah, um, we'll get into it. But yeah, we're uh, we're we're back. <laughs> we're we're joined by uh, Luana again. Uh, she joined us on our ravenous episode. So Luana, thank you so much for coming back. It's my pleasure, you guys. Uh, I hope that we'll have just as much fun uh, as with the ravenous episode. Well, and something, if, if you guys were eagle-eared listeners and have eagle-eared memories, <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that means. Uh, but, <laughs> just stretch it. Just stretch uh, it, Aaron. Yeah, sure. Eagle memories. <laughs> Memory like an eagle. Um, How about elephant memories and eagle ears? No, eagle uh, eyes, elephant memories, e- and who has good ears? Uh, eagles. Eagles, it's all of them. They're good. There are, there are national birds. Elephants have big bird. ears. Do they have good Peter, ears? Peter, there are national birds. They're good at everything. <laughs> okay. Luana, what is the national bird of Belgium? Oh god. <laughs> See the um the, the A spotted warbler? Uh, yeah, let's say that is that is our national bird. <laughs> you you would couldn't potentially get shot by some fucking idiot with a uh, Confederate flag on their car because you didn't know or care enough about the national bird in your country. Is what you're saying? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I might get shot for for being trans, but uh, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's let's get. But it won't be na- as long as it's not bird related. Yeah, <laughs> they're most we're mostly interested in bird crime right now, not crimes against humanity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and if you don't know, uh, eagle memoried listeners uh, will be able to say that uh, Luana has to get up pretty early to talk to us uh some people have to get up early to fool people uh she has to get up very early just to have a conversation with us she had to get up really early to fool herself into talking to us can you imagine having to set an alarm to talk to this (laughs) (laughs) like honestly i don't know if you get like some sort of credit for charity work you're doing there but thank you so much for coming on and i don't know whose kid you ran over with a car but thank you for doing your community service oh don't worry about it uh it was it was very fun last time and uh you know it's a it's a good opportunity to plug my own uh, podcast uh and uh, it, it certainly didn't lay us any wind eggs last time <laughs> <laughs> great timing to plug your co- uh your, your podcast too because uh why, why don't you talk about that and then we'll get into uh what this month is and the, and the movie because uh you uh you have a uh you have a podcast that covers something near and dear to my heart, and a I actually just saw the most recent movie in uh, in kind of the the series or the the main series for your uh, for your podcast last night, and fucking loved it. Hey. And now have been in that weird have been in that weird mode where like I'm like 
Is this like where I almost feel like I'm one of the weird fans of Suicide Squad or something where I'm like, why did everyone hate this? Like, <laughs> is there a conspiracy? Because it's so fucking good. Oh, I have that a lot. I had that with John Carter. I had that with Warcraft. Uh, I had that. With, <laughs> um, I had some issues with it, but I, I thought the most recent Hellboy was fine. Um, so, yeah, I have that feeling a lot, to be honest. And I'm kind of um, like, we know each other from the Dissolve Facebook group. And yeah. like, I have some kind of reputation for like when a movie has a low Rotten Tomatoes score like oh yeah let's wait until Luana weighs it yeah she loved it (laughs) I swear it's not being contrarian like I find some I find some worth in those movies usually like one of my favorite movies last year was a fucking Taron Egerton Robin Hood (laughs) like like, and you were the reason that movie didn't make zero (laughs) dollars yeah like me and my friends were all like fucking psyched about it like we came, we came out of that and I was like, holy shit, did, did you guys see that movie too? The, is that, did we just see the same movie as everyone else? And we were, we were just like fucking psyched about how like openly anti-capitalist and anti-religion it was. And we were like, oh God, this is like this cheeky, chappy adventure movie that also says, haha, organized religion is for chumps. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it makes me somewhat interested to see it. Uh, um, oh yeah, God, they're, they're, they're like, they are fucking savage about like the Catholic Church and um, like that th- they even like make it make a pretty good point about how like like it turns out that like the Catholic bishops and like the Arab generals are in a conspiracy to keep the war going on forever in the Middle East and like they they um they even like take some time out to make uh, little John's uh, like uh, to 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 throw out some respect to Lil John's faith. Like he even, uh, uh, he even has like a, a one-liner related to Allah. <laughs> and so to be like, hey, this movie is not Islamophobe. It's generally anti-religion. We respect Lil John's religion. He's really cool. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> like, wow, they actually took some time out to be like, yo, yo, don't appropriate this movie into some anti-Islam narrative. <laughs> We're just anti-organized religion. And I thought that was really dope. For, for some fucking stupid Robin Hood Origins movie. <laughs> so uh, this is the first uh, endorsement I've heard for both that Robin Hood movie and for the new Hellboy. So now I have to <laughs> yeah. see them both. Uh, I mean, I was always going to see the new Hellboy. Pre- can I give you a preemptive uh, thank you slash fuck you? And then later I'll edit in whichever one is more appropriate. <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I have this I have this thing where uh, it's happened to me since high school that I get something out of a movie and then I like kind of sell it to my friends and then they see the movie and they're like um your explanation was cooler than the movie <laughs> so you know you you know uh, your mileage may vary to how much you actually get that out of the movie but i i tend to i i tend to to read a lot into things and uh so so uh, my apologies uh before if if nothing else <laughs> if nothing else i did not get such a reading out of hellboy i just thought it was a bunch of fun vignettes uh <laughs> sort of uh, uh tied together by a disappointing main plot so you know hellboy i have reservations even there but i generally had fun i, I didn't hate it as much as uh i'm not saying it's a secret gem or anything i was just kind of oh wow everybody really hates 
needed it and I didn't. <laughs> I, that is that is actually the secret. The the secret gem is like a perfect uh, a reference drop because like that's what brought all of us together is that we all wanted to champion like Rapid one <laughs> to twenty movies that that they're just like under your belt and you're like I always have this reference like. You probably think this movie that you haven't seen is garbage, but wait till you hear my context on it. <laughs> right, right. right? Uh, that's like what brought us all together, mm-hmm. I think. The start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Uh, but yeah, we do want to introduce uh, Luana. Uh, why don't you let everyone know uh, why we were talking about monster movies? Uh, <laughs> Hellboy, Robin Hood. Uh, yeah. What do you What do? You do? Um, well, me and my uh, buddy Travis Kirkland, we have a podcast called Monster Island Commentaries, which you can find on uh, monstercommentaries.libsyn.com, on Stitcher, on uh, on iTunes, as, as long as iTunes is still there. They're going to fold it into Apple Music, as far as I heard. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically, once a month, we do a... Uh, we do a commentary on a big monster movie. Uh, we also have a Patreon um, that uh, that allows you to listen to some secret bonus content that's like not kaiju related. Uh, like last time, I talked about my transition. Um, and uh, once every year for our birthdays, we also do a movie that is near and dear to our hearts, but not necessarily. Um, not necessarily uh, the kaiju related. Uh, I did um, I did Commando last year. Travis did Ghostbusters, which is his favorite movie. Uh, I I did Army of Darkness this year because it's uh, Ooh, so good. <laughs> uh, thank you. So so that's kind of the vibe. It's it's a hangout vibe. We make dumb jokes about chain restaurants and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah that's uh, the Monster Island commentaries uh, check it out it's a, it's a lot of fun if you're into that kind of stuff uh, people wearing weird suits and, and wrestling each other <laughs> yeah and I, I was uh, I was asking Lana before we started recording if she had seen the new Godzilla movie just because uh, I saw it last night and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm uh, Luana's a, a very much a fellow Godzilla fan, uh, kaiju fan, that kind of stuff. And I've been my entire life. And it was one of those weird things last night where, like, I saw, like, every review was like, man, the human drama in this one is just not good. And I was expecting something, like, beyond atrocious. And instead, I got pretty good human drama for a Godzilla movie. Right, I was right. like, and I was just like, has no one seen a Godzilla yeah, movie yeah, exactly. before? Like, like why is all like that's why like I I don't want to sound like a Suicide Squad type uh, conspiracy theorist, but I'm like, why did every critic in Hollywood all of a sudden decide that the most important part of a Godzilla movie is uh, how fleshed out the human characters <laughs> are? Suddenly, so like, are when they saw fucking. Godzilla versus the Astro Monster, where they like this is basically my dinner with Andre from a characterization. <laughs> but like, I just, I don't, I don't understand why like everyone decided at once that not only was it most the most important thing, but this is the worst, and it's not even close. Uh, and the but like the the actual like um, just having like the special effects budget and Ma- Michael Dougherty who I know Peter and I are both fans of just to do these like insane uh battles between like uh Ghidorah and Rodan and Mothra like it was fucking amazing and it is just weird to that to it, so so I'm very interested in your take on it but it was one of those things where I was like oh man this is good. If, if they're saying this is bad 
act, you know, bad human drama <laughs> yeah, yeah. for a Godzilla movie. Like, I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> like I mean, and so the fact that it was pretty good was like, what the fuck is everyone talking? I mean, I know exactly what that looks like because it's most Godzilla movies. That are... Well, exactly. <laughs> um, so... I was talking to a friend of the show, uh, Zach, yesterday, and I was just like, if I ask someone to name a Godzilla movie that has the good, deep character uh, <laughs> characterization and stuff like that, like – Someone would say Brian Cranston from Godzilla 2014, and no one would be able to give me another answer. Like, <laughs> like that's that's there isn't examples for them to draw from. Like you'd have to go to Doctor Serizawa in the original Gojira. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Like like that. Like if you had to, I mean, if, if, you know, gun to my head, ask me like, hey, what are good Godzilla movies? I'd have to go like, well, there's Gojira in 1954, and I'd say Shin Godzilla too. And the rest is like, you know, your mileage may vary on what you think a good slash fun movie is. That's uh, and yeah. that's like two out of thirty, you know. Uh, uh, so I think from a human characterization standpoint too, like if you if someone just had to go, hey, so you've seen all the Godzilla movies, right, Aaron? And I'm like, yep, I have. And if they like said, okay, name anything that happens. Uh, Outside of the monster scenes, right, right, like, in any of these movies, there's probably like four or five that I could even name a scene that I remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> do we want to talk about maybe some giants of camp filmmaking? Yay! <laughs> Gina Gershon, Jennifer Tilly. Hold on, Peter. We haven't announced the month, but if yeah, we if, or we love to watch. I mean, we probably should have said that way earlier, but we're bad at our jobs. Yeah, uh, we got too excited yeah. to talk to Luana. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a movie podcast. We pick a theme, and then we, and then normally Peter and I pick four movies around that theme. But this month, we're doing something a little different. We are doing Pride Month, where we have uh, asked. Uh, uh, members of the Dissolve who identify as LGBTQA+, to come on the show, pick a movie. Uh, we, we said it could be it could be a queer movie, it could be not a queer movie, but something that was important to them as a queer person uh, to come on and discuss it with us. And Luana, why don't you let us know what you picked and why you wanted to talk about it with us. I chose uh, the Wachowski sisters' uh, debut movie, Bound. Um, which I thought was a uh, very fun movie. Uh, it's 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 a it's a it's a lesbian as hell movie, uh, and <laughs> it's directed by uh, two trans women. Which uh, you know, just historically and statistically, <laughs> just say, hey, here's a fucking gangster movie with like two lesbians <laughs> in the lead, directed by two, uh, I believe, also lesbian trans women. Like just statistically, that's a fucking treasure. <laughs> the fact that the movie is actually, <laughs> the fact that the movie is actually good. <laughs> Is like oh wow that's just fucking cherry on top. <laughs> so so when when I first saw the movie I was like because uh, at the time uh, they were going by the Wachowski brothers. Yeah, they're actually. And when I first that. saw the movie, I just I just put it in the context of like oh well they're just like you know two white cis dorks who think lesbians are cool. Which yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's, uh, yeah, that's true. cool. <laughs> Fair enough. And the movie has gotten more and more interesting yeah. as as the years have gone on and we've gotten to see more of their output as filmmakers, as as the Wachowski sisters, or as they've they've jokingly called themselves Starship Wachowski. Um 
Well, they are, they are, Which I yes. believe they might have dropped that. They might have dropped that name between when um, one of the Wachowskis transitioned and the other one did. <laughs> yeah, and and it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually I didn't see this movie for the first time until about three or four years ago right, right. when I decided to go through all the Wachowski sisters movies I hadn't seen. So I think it was this. Um, it was definitely Speed Racer because I fucking loved Speed Speed Racer, um, and I think there was one other one but maybe i'm wrong but like i wanted i wanted to fill in those gaps uh and i had i was very aware of bound especially post matrix but i had specifically avoided it because everyone who recommended it to me recommended it in that kind of like hey dude (laughs) (laughs) do you want to see some like some some pretty hot naked girls and i'm like like and i was like you know it's not that like look it's not that I don't like <laughs> seeing hot naked women. I'm not saying that. But at the time it started to get recommended to me, which is like 15, 16, 17, I was well past the point where in order to satisfy my desire to see people naked, I was renting two-hour bad movies and trying to fast forward for the 30 seconds of <laughs> Like The internet was a thing. Yeah. Pornography was a thing I had access to. Right, right. Like, yeah, you no one ever running swordfish. Yeah, no one ever said in all the people that recommended it to me, it was a good movie (laughs) or like it was like, you got to check out this scene from this. movie, (laughs) And it was just like kind of an eye roll. And it wasn't until I think I think it was a few years after all of that post Matrix that like people were like, I, I started hearing like. Oh no! It's like a really good movie. It's not like those people that recommended you Gia, the Angela <laughs> HBO movie from the nineties. Like, no, like it's really, really good. And we talked a little on my Matrix on the Matrix episode that I was a little bit, um, uh, I wasn't like a, I wasn't a huge, you know, I, I, I had liked Matrix. I had thought Thirteen Floor was better. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I loved. Speaking Reload. of hot takes, Lana. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, it was the hot take of a, of a, of a very, of a very uh, misbegotten fifteen-year-old. Uh, but <laughs> you're gonna say uh, a very sick boy. <laughs> very, very sick boy. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, but I, uh, and then I love Reloaded, and then it was totally let down by Revolutions and stuff like that. So, like. It, and then uh, I think – and then I liked Cloud Atlas. I skipped Speed Racer. Uh, and then somewhere along the line, like, I went back and, like, saw Jupiter Ascending. And I'm like, oh, I think I think that's when I finally watched Bound and, and Speed Racer because I'm like, like, I don't – this is not a good movie, but I, I really love this. And maybe I was a little too harsh on Revolution letting me down for the Matrix stuff. So, so that's when I finally went and circled back. And immediately the two that I had missed became my first and second favorite Wachowski movies. Like, <laughs> it really is like Speed Racer and Bound right, right. Uh, with Matrix a close third uh, because I was just like amazed at how – like y- there is a lot of interesting things to talk about and uh, about this movie right, right. about like who made it, who the main characters are and all that kind of stuff. But just as a piece of like first time filmmaking and like this like clockwork story, I was fucking blown away. Right, yeah. At how good it was. I was uh this is like I was last week, two weeks ago or something, um the John Wick director guy said something about like, hey, maybe the sisters are going back to the Matrix and all the movie sites picked up on that like the Wachowski sisters yeah. considering going back to the Matrix but but it was just some offhand comment that the John Wick guy said 
uh, so it didn't turn out to be anything. And I remember like my take on that was like, yeah, fine, uh, I'll always check out more Wachowski sisters content. But basically, they're at a point where um, you know they're they're pretty well off, I'd say, for the rest of their lives. So they they don't really need yeah. to make movies anymore. If they still if they still have like a creative itch, a movie making itch to scratch, I'd much rather they go back to like um, like low budget stuff like Bound and see how what a hundred. That's actually in my notes. I could not agree with that. Right? A hundred percent. It's not that I don't like their fantastical wild adventures. Uh, and I think they're always at the very least visually interesting and in some, in some cases like fucking amazing. But, but it is, it is interesting that they started with this, went on to one of the biggest movies of all time. <laughs> and then like, normally you'd have five of these types of movies to go back to. And we only have the one. Which is odd. Yeah. So Jupiter Ascending would hint that the Wachowski sisters were, uh, had lost some sense of character, right? And I think some people, I, I love Cloud Atlas, but some people would say, Cloud Atlas would say the same thing. I disagree, but, but, uh, do you guys like Cloud Atlas? I like Cloud Atlas. I do. Um, um I don't, but I yeah, don't think it's as, like, interesting as, like, Speed Racer. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I couldn't. I know you more, hate, but you, this is not. You hate Speed Racer. <laughs> I've tried to watch Speed Racer so many times, but like, I just don't have room in my heart to hate Speed Racer. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I just it's it, it it's not for me, but I love that it exists because it's 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 one of those movies that's not for me. I never want to see it again, but I'm so happy that it exists because it makes people I love. Happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a familiar feeling. Speed Racer is like yeah. Speed Racer is like the dark crystal to me. <laughs> it's like oh, that's nice. That's nice. Oh, you put so much, you put so much care and effort into it, and you obviously loved it. It's, uh, it's kind yeah. of a, it's it's a thing, and I and I like that it makes people happy. But eh. <laughs> it's like you're it's like you're uh, you're just tapping your 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 child on the on the shoulder after they lost a baseball game, and you're <laughs> yeah. like you'll 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 get them next time, champ. <laughs> Look, I agree. I with still you love on you. Dark. It's okay. I agree with you on Dark Crystal. It is a movie that I own in like three different incarnations because I constantly convince myself I like it <laughs> until I rewatch it. <laughs> And I'm like, because I just want to like it. It's a Jim Henson movie. I really like the character designs. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, uh, or yeah. most of the character designs, except the main character, <laughs> who looks very out of place. Uh, but, you know, like, and I really love Labyrinth, and I just, like, I really want to like Oh, it. man, we should and we should I, totally do a Dark Crystal commentary, because I could give you some fucking trans cause, cause, cause just fucking trans anecdotes about my personal history with that movie. <laughs> We, sh- I we, we should that. do it because there's a the new series is coming out, so it's actually like perfect timing. Yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, we should we should do that as like a crossover thing. We should do a gar- dark crystal. We love to watch super episode, like, and we just cover the movie. That'd be super cause, fun because we've done because we've done two '80s fantasy movies, and both times the dark crystal has been on our list, and both times either Peter or I have been like, yeah, it's iconic, but it's also not. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't want to shit on the Dark Crystal. We need a calendar of that because that'll be really fun. Um, okay, yeah. so um, what I was saying is that is that uh, Sense Eight is a show that didn't quite work for me, but I so I much. Seen. But the, the the dizzying highs of it were just like so beautiful. That that mo- like all the montage moments where the crew is like all together but not together. Yeah. Or like especially in season one, the. Um, what uh not violent femmes they're like i said hey 
what's going on? Who sang that song? No, uh, four non blondes. Three non blondes. Four non blondes. Yeah, yeah, four yeah. non blondes. <laughs> How many non blondes were there? Well, four non blondes. <laughs> four non blondes. That that moment in Sensei is just like it'll make you cry. Like it's so beautiful. Yeah. And, but I I didn't quite click with Sensei. But that was sort of um, I I I would call it like the show kind of loosey goosey. Mm-hmm. Like it hit such good highs, but also like each season probably could have been four episodes shorter. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but, but like, I would love, but that showed that they still really cared about characters. Um, and they still really cared about like this sort of like intimate human drama. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, what you said, hundred percent, like get back to like, economical filmmaking of bound and the matrix Uh and and then but also get that heart back in there from bound Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely Uh, i always say that like maybe i should keep this stuff for the for the actual movie by the way because now we're getting on topic so so maybe we should start the movie no let's just go let's just go (laughs) let's let's just transition yeah let's transition uh, (laughs) 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 <laughs> um, all right uh let's uh segue <laughs> yeah segue uh, segue into actually talking about the movie because it seems yeah. like we're very excited to to talk about the movie and we're bound also, to have a good time we are bound to <laughs> fall in love uh-huh, honey yeah um, uh, peter i think you're editing this one so really try hard not to use that song <laughs> yeah uh-huh, <laughs> but anyway yeah do you guys want to talk more about bound absolutely Alternate taglines. I am alternate taglines. The the actual tagline for this movie is pretty bad. It's like sex, drugs, lies, crimes. Um, so I feel like I can top that. Um, <laughs> Those are things that are in the movie. <laughs> the, the tagline that should have been released. Ta- tags. <laughs> the tagline that should have been released in the nineties was again a weird guy at the video store going. <laughs> Have you heard about this movie Bound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my tagline is, uh, hey, hey, if you buy tickets to this, you get to see Keanu Reeves get a weird worm ripped out of his belly button. <laughs> oh, you mean, a, I get it, like, eventually. <laughs> yeah, this movie's a test case to see how the, the Wachowskis would do uh, with The Matrix. They presented the, Mat- the one draft of The Matrix script well before they presented Bound, and then Warner Brothers was like, eh, Let's let's see what you can do with five million. Um, I don't I don't have any other alternate tag lies. V- Violet gets violent. Yay! <laughs> yeah, that ought to that ought to be enough. I want you to do a third, so we're all really depressed. <laughs> uh, Joey pants mostly without pants. Oh, he's got pants for a lot of it. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> Are you ready to get tied up in traffic? Because <laughs> you see, they're bound, is, they're tied up, but also there's drug yeah, trafficking. <laughs> I get it's like a triple pun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. Luana was like, "Let me wade into this diarrhea pool as Pete." <laughs> wow, this movie is more kink related than we thought. <laughs> wade into the diarrhea pool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
Uh, the plot of Bound <laughs> is uh, Corky, played by Gina Gershon, and Violet, played by Jennifer Tilly, are neighbors in an apartment complex with really thin walls. Um, uh, Corky recently got out of prison. Uh, and she uh, is kind of uh, doing some work around the apartment for someone who is on vacation, the super or something like that. Uh, Violet is married or probably not married to, I guess, uh, is with uh, in some capacity Caesar, played by Joey Pants, uh, who is a m- mob enforcer uh, who has been doing a bunch of fun dealings. And essentially, Violet... Uh, views her relationship with Joey Pants as, or with Caesar as uh, work. She doesn't love him, but she gets uh, she has a, a place to live, an element of protection, and but there's no there's no actual emotions there because uh, both her and uh, Corky are lesbians. They end up meeting, they end up falling in love, there's an immediate attraction and heat, uh, and then eventually uh, there's two million dollars that's at Caesar's apartment, and they formulate a plan to try to to uh, take it while pitting it on Caesar, which involves uh, making it seem like what is his name, Joe, uh, Joe, who's the son of the main mob boss, or Johnny? Sorry, Johnny. There you uh, go, Johnny, yeah. the son of the uh, played by uh, played by the guy who always has his dick cream. Uh, <laughs> uh, stick team? Do you say stick team? <laughs> Yeah, stick team. <laughs> Said stick team. I'm going to go on my sweaters. Um, you're going to eat fondue with cheddar? Is that what you said? <laughs> I'm going to eat fondue with cheddar. <laughs> so if anyone can't guess it's Christopher uh, Maloney. Uh, Johnny, Christopher Maloney, uh, they try to frame him for stealing the $2 million that uh, they recovered from a different guy who ended up getting killed by Christopher Maloney because – and then there was blood – all over the money. They took it to Caesar's house to clean it. And the plan is to basically frame Johnny that he came there and stole it first before his dad, the main mob boss, uh, takes it back. Uh, this does not go as planned because once Caesar thinks he's being framed by Johnny, who he fucking hates, he decides to kill everyone. Uh, so instead of run away as, uh, as they thought that he would so now they're in a situation where uh where violet is still trying very hard to uh to to make it seem like it, uh there was a frame up even though they can't find the money in the car in johnny's car after they kill him or anything like that uh and also try to stay cool as uh caesar tries to dumb his way out of every single problem including a situation where the police arrive uh meanwhile uh 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 corky is in the next room listening through the thin walls uh and also trying there's a kind of a little bit of a not so much a cat and mouse but a uh are they going to trust each other are they going to support each other through this uh, is is because right now Corky just has the money and could leave in every time, or is their relationship, uh, uh or you know, a little bit stronger than that? Are they not going to screw each other? Uh, ultimately, what ends up happening is Caesar discovers that he's been had by Violet. Uh, he starts tying them up and torturing them, asking where the money is, stuff like that. Ultimately, um, they get out. They have the money. Uh. Uh, Violet puts the gun on Caesar and Caesar, as uh, people have done this entire movie, which is underestimate women at every turn, goes, you're not going to shoot me. And Violet goes, "Uh, you clearly don't know me at all, and shoots him four times. Uh, And then Corky and Violet run off with the money in love. End of movie.
Uh, I, the movie got compared a lot, understandably, to uh, Tarantino and the Coen brothers, uh, because back in the 90s, if you had guns and said swear words, <laughs> uh, everyone's just like, yeah, it's like a Tarantino. But worth noting uh, that the guy uh, got a potty mouth. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they said some swear words? That's basically a Tarantino. He, in- he invented the word fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, in- worth noting that uh, the the studio, they were originally going to make it with Joel Silver's uh, uh, production company, who had done uh, the Assassins, the script they had worked on. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is one of the worst... <laughs> Which is one of the worst movies of all time, uh, directed by Richard Donner. It's so bad. I don't know where Richard Donner's good. Obviously, the Wachowski sisters are good. I don't know what that was, but uh, it is. It's a very bad movie. But um, but uh, and they yeah they were wanted to direct their own movie. And Joel Silver, uh, who eventually would go to the Matrix, said uh, that basically they needed to change uh, Corky to a male character, and. Uh, and the Wachowski sisters were like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and as Peter had alluded to earlier, like, it especially doesn't make sense through the prism of the way that that watching this movie now, knowing a lot more about the directors themselves, like it, you know, it looking at some contemporary reviews, there are a lot of reviews that are like, uh, oh, you know, these these two these two guys uh, actually <laughs> actually had uh some you know they like they treated these lesbian characters with respect like there there is a lot of surprise and a lot of words pouring out about like oh there wasn't just a bunch of like uh male fantasy uh stuff about about the women in this movie uh which again is like it's so funny that that was the contemporary reviews uh, that there's a lot more, I think, knowledge as to why that was the case now than people had in 1996. And then, like, it is still being recommended at the video store as, like, something that that does have that more uh, male gaze and, like, oh, cool, some lesbians, like, version of it. Like, it's it's such a – it's it's a movie that has definitely, for a lot of different reasons, I think, given clarity to, because at the time it was, yeah – there was it, the contemporary reviews were like surprised that the the characters were treated with respect. Uh, a bunch of uh, dumbass movie bros in the in the film stores were like uh, two girls kissing, <laughs> you know, like that was their like it it is uh, it, it is definitely a movie that has aged very well, and it has also aged well just because like that kind of uh, lazy critical. Uh, critical assessment of like if there's guns or swearing it's a coen brothers or a uh uh um tarantino ripoff has kind of gone away too like that's just not a touch point as much anymore yeah so when was uh so i i'd said that i had seen it for the first time a few years ago uh luana when's the first time that you saw it um gosh i must have been like 14 15 uh it was it was on tv uh late night obviously uh <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was uh, I checked that out because of the description having lesbians in it. You know, I was like, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's gonna <laughs> it's 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 all late night. It's got lesbians in it. Possibly sex. Who knows? You know, <laughs> let's just let's check that out. <laughs> and um, I, I was back, but even back then when I was 14, I like ended up watching the whole movie. I was like, uh, wow, I actually really liked this this movie. 
uh, I, it wasn't just, you know, I, I started out, uh, you know, as you do when you're 14 uh, and you're uh, watching a movie late night that may have sex in it. You're like kind of yeah. prepped to, to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it turned out that uh, it was, because of, of course, yeah, I was 14. I, I was, in fact, in that mindset that like, where's of our dogs, the coolest fucking movie ever, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. uh, uh, we all were. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, being attracted to women is, is not something that is weird for a teenage boy, but, like, I, I guess I was all, also always very attracted to trans women. There was something, like, weird about them that, that, that drew me in, and I didn't actually come out until I was, like, 32 or something, so I was pretty far off from, uh, from finding myself at that time. And uh, what always stuck with me was the that, that there's that survival aspect to it that I think is something that you will get with uh, with a capable filmmaker with uh, with uh, char- that has a lot of character empathy which the sisters obviously do um, but if, if you choose to have like sapphic protagonists that and, and it's not like a fantasy world that's free of homophobia. Like it's not the the, the tolerant far future or something. Uh, it, it, it's it's our it's our own world. There is an immediate level of like danger, even if it's not a gangster movie. It's like oh, so uh, how there's always that you start watching that movie and you're in the back of your mind. Okay, so how do their friends and family uh, respond to them being yeah. gay? You know, and um, obviously this movie is set in in you know what what my fourteen year old mind back then read as this because uh, I hadn't seen that many movies uh, as this Reservoir Dogs-esque world so that there is an immediate amount of danger even if it was even if the protagonists were like cis heterosexual men but you know they're they are gay women so the there's the usual amount of danger that the world entails for for them uh, plus this this environment and uh what i love is that um and 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 this really is something that was like helped to be crystallized since i came out and hung out with other gay women is that navigating a difficult and dangerous high stakes landscape and like coming out on top at the end that's like the coolest fucking thing that's like the narrative that super um speaks to me uh yeah if, if you if you put you know, a, a gay woman in there, that's going to have my attention right the hell away because that's, that's something that just thematically, even if even if it's not a trans woman, you know, that is something that makes me say that, oh, thematically I'm seeing myself on screen, you know, that there's, mm-hmm. um, there's that element of just, just trying, just trying to live, just trying to survive and, uh, you know, at at the end, having a having a bit of a Hollywood ending because they you know they literally drive off into the sunset with the money, which is which is the most Hollywood ending of them all. So so 
there's there's that let's say realistic navigation um, with elements of the standard classic Hollywood wish fulfillment and if a movie can give me that with women I, I w- I'm willing to overlook a lot of faults um, but honestly if if we're that deep if we're that into the like oh I'm gonna build I'm gonna structure the movie like so that I am going to sell the difficult navigation of the world uh, with elements of a power fantasy into it I think that the filmmaker or, or the writer at least is going to be um, is going to be skilled enough to at least deliver a decent movie at this point if you thought about it that much <laughs> then <laughs> yeah yeah is the stuff that you overlook specifically um the tom jones song at the end <laughs> yeah that, that's uh but i actually think that that hits your point of like it is a very typical hollywood ending and i wonder if that was like winking in a movie that has almost no music not only do we get the driving off in the sun a sunset uh it embrace with all the money and then like this song that doesn't feel like it fits in the movie all of a sudden plays like it does feel very like uh like a happy hollywood ending uh unexpectedly like this this movie is soaked in violence and as you said it's it, the two protagonists are uh are are more vulnerable in this world uh, I, I first time I saw it, I was surprised it had a happy ending. Like I was never truly worried in, um, because I bought their chemistry and the fact that you know I I love that line at the end how they're the same. Like you do feel an immediate connection that these two people are kind of in this shit world and there's a connection and escape. Like even though I know there is a couple moments where there's concerns that like Corky's going to leave with the money and stuff like that. I never felt the stress of that, but I definitely wasn't convinced that they were both going to get out. Right, 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 yeah. I think that, um, like, sort of the, um, she's a lady at the end is, um, <laughs> is, is, is in line with the movie's sense of humor. Cause, yeah, uh, oh, great. For all its, um, like, violence and steaminess, it's a very funny movie. Um, it's yeah. it's it's almost like the the first time that they're like in the apartment together, they're almost like soap opera steamy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That they're they're. Uh, I remember I what I rewatched it like a few months ago after. Um, I think that was actually the first time I rewatched it since coming out and and living as a as a woman. And I was like, holy shit, this is like um this is like uh like two girlfriends that are like playing out a fantasy and they're like acting uh and 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 they're doing a specifically or a um intentionally over the top uh character here like they're 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 coming on to each other they're like doing breathy uh breathy lines and uh like there's close-ups of their fingers being nimble (laughs) and uh i was like god you know as a kid you don't you don't uh, because because you know everything is heightened when you're a kid you don't necessarily um you don't necessarily see that. Oh, the movie is heightened. They're they're kind of playing with it. They're playing with uh, conventions and they're they're winking at you, because uh, because you know as a kid you you grew up with movies that are at, on you know on kid level, like fucking you know Star Wars or whatever, uh, and uh, you know Star Wars are obviously heightened movies. But to you, a Star Wars is a regular movie, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and. Uh, 
so when you come upon a, a movie that is like in real world, uh, in the real world, and that has adult stuff in it, like sex and stuff, it's hard to fathom that like, hey, maybe the adults making this are also kind of winking at you and making jokes, but um, it was, it, it was, uh, it was like very obvious when um, it was, when, when I rewatched it. And which uh, ultimately turned the movie into like a bit of a uh, this uh, this is a this is a loaded term. <laughs> um, it made the movie feel like a very safe space. Uh, it made it feel like oh yeah we're, we're all lesbians among each other we're just horsing around you know we're, <laughs> uh, we're, uh, we're you know it's not just Gina and Jennifer but it's like the sisters telling you this story and it's like ah we know what you like don't worry we're, we're just we're just goofing off uh, and uh, there's gonna be sex there's gonna be some some tension and violence but uh, you know we're gonna deliver a happy end uh, don't worry and I think like one of the things that um that doesn't get talked about all that much. Like, oh yeah, of course uh, they have empathy with the, the female uh, protagonist. It turns out because you know they were women. Um, there's also the aspect of you know the actual title bound because like Corky spends a lot of the movie tied up, and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it turns out that uh, Joey Pants is. Uh, is very good at like making bondage knots because <laughs> uh, like those are some real bondage knots that she's tied up with and uh, knowing that I think the first the first time that uh, we learned about Lana's predilections because uh, before she came out I remember the tabloids being like ooh Matrix director spotted with the dominatrix that isn't their wife <laughs> you know? and um like that's 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 a huge thing in like the trans community, like BDSM and bondage, um, and uh, that's that's not something that gets talked about. But like that's you know the very concept of of bound and our hero actually spending a lot of time being tied up is uh, is also like a, a wink basically to the culture, going like, hey, you know, <laughs> we're uh, uh, this is for you guys, this is for us. Uh, and uh, I think that's that's pretty cool. This is a movie that fits both entirely within our wheelhouse, but we also like did not want to tackle it without uh, somebody to bring in that perspective because right, right. this is such a fucking interesting movie on, on on both a textual level and a metatextual level. Right, right. One thing that makes movies a a, a cult object is that on rewatch, it's fun to watch. One of the ama- the first thing that makes this movie is amazing is it doesn't ma- waste a goddamn second of your time. Right, right. Every moment is efficient. No. It is a fucking it, it's a fucking machine. Uh-huh. I was gonna say it's a fucking machine, but it's it's actually like a fucking machine. It's just like it's both. every second is just <laughs> yeah. it's just giving you what you need. Um, <laughs> well, because I mean the 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 whole caper unfolds over over an hour of time. Like they have to be like, hey, we have to introduce these two characters and. Uh, make sure that you understand like their relationship to each other, you know, show you chemistry, show you that it's a little deeper than just, um, you know, that there's an understanding between them. And then the next hour and five minutes is going to be this like escalating series of uh, ridiculous situations (laughs) as they, as they try to steal money. Like I was watching it again for the, for the second time. I was like, holy shit, we're at the, 
we're at the apartment, like where they're doing the 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 heist. Right, like right. it's thirty nine minutes into this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I yeah. remembered a lot more relationship building just because it's so it's not wasting your time and it is so fucking good at like buying them as people and buying them as a relationship. The moment they meet is just like they make sexy eyes at each other in an elevator. Uh, it's not love <laughs> at first sight. It's two people that find no. each other like alluring in a in a way that is is lust, but that lust grows into something deeper once they actually have like the space to connect away from the bully that is Caesar. Um, right, yeah. Caesar is seen as like essentially a roadblock to their happiness, uh-huh. and they fucking they fucking ride right over that roadblock. <laughs> um, the other thing that the other thing that really makes this a great cult movie is I think, or it makes any movie a great cult movie, especially this, is that you can rewatch it. And on rewatches, you have a thing that Aaron was talking about. You have a sort of reassurance that everything's going to be okay in the end. Yeah. And that, and actually, Lana, you were talking about that too. Like, when you watch it on a second view and you know how it ends and you know, like, that lady is mine. <laughs> like, you know, you know you're going to get to that moment. It's, it's a movie that you can watch again and again and you know that that good ending is coming. And so for you, it's like, it's like a fun, rewarding journey and not like... If this ended like a 1940s, like or like a Hayes Code yeah, crime movie, criminals have to get punished. Yeah. Oh, but you get this premonition when you first start watching the movie. You're like, "Fuck, Corky's going back to jail, isn't she?" And we're, she's gonna like have to watch Violet die. Yeah. Like that's how this movie's gonna fucking end. Yeah. And then, and then the movie, the movie teases at that because like it needs to have stakes. Um, but it doesn't go there, and I think that's that helps the fact that it does have a happy ending. But in this, like, glossy, awful, violent, unforgiving world is just makes it so much more more wonderful. The, the Caesar, like, Joey Pants and his crew, they're all, like, these comic book Italians. And because, uh, like, as a kid, you know, I watched a lot of that shit, Reservoir Dogs, you know, Goodfellas, The Godfather. And it's like, oh, yeah, cool fucking gangster shit, man. Uh <laughs> And uh, it, it is very funny looking back to like, you know, as a, as a kid, you're trying to be a cool guy like in the movies. So you want to be a fucking, uh, uh, want to be fucking Michael Corleone or Tony Montana. Turns out I wanted to be violent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think there's a hilarious contrast there, which um, which to me feels like a very much came from trans women, They're like these the cis men in this movie are just like these aggressive, stupid idiots that destroy each other, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I, I do ha- actually have to give them credit for like the Italian that's spoken in the movie. That, that's some that's some real Italian, like the guy that they get, because uh, uh, like De Niro and Pacino in the Godfather movies are actually pretty bad. <laughs> like yeah, uh, their their <laughs> Italian kind of sucks. Like you definitely hear that they they learned it for for the movie. Uh, but uh, I, you're saying you're saying saying forget about it is not good Italian. <laughs> Oh, it's, that's actually perfect Italian American. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. uh, phew. Uh, don't shatter my whole balloon of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I was, oh, I mean, you can imagine that uh, moving from Caesar to Violet was, uh, <laughs> was uh, that shattered my world. Uh. Uh, on Caesar's accent specifically, though, I don't know if it's just uh, Joey Pants not having a consistent accent, <laughs> but it fe- but it feels like. He has a way he talks, right? But then when he's in a like when he the way like 
the way he talks to Violet, the way he talks to Corky eventually. But then when he talks to, like, the other mob bosses, he puts on a... Or the cops, he puts on a thicker accent that sounds... Like, it sounds like his character is making up the accent. And I don't know if that's me losing my mind or if that's either, A, a character choice or, B, just that his accent was inconsistent. I mean, I I, I can't... I can't... I, I, I don't have access to Joey Pants's thoughts, obviously, but uh, I um, there is such a thing where you kind of put on a heavier um, accent uh, depending on the like social situation that you're in. Mm-hmm. Like I would um, when I was a kid and I was among fellow Italian immigrants, I would certainly speak differently than to when I was like in a, in a school or, or work situation, you know, I was, I would, I would definitely, uh, AO it up a bit more, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, Peter, did you notice that being from Chicago? Am I crazy? Kind of leans into it where he get he kind of gets away from the, the Chicago, uh, the, the New York thing, um, and more into the Chicago thing. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, there's a difference there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it's subtle, but it's there. It it did seem like he just had a more affected voice, and I wasn't sure if this is like he when he's talking to like these other uh, these other men that he needs to impress. He he leans heavily into the accent, and then like when he's quote himself and himself when he's around Violet, which is also kind of interesting that he like doesn't feel like he needs to put on whatever weird accent airs that is. So I I um I. It, it seemed it seemed very present and, and like it would go back and forth. So I was like, is this is this a conscious choice? Is this really just a, you know, some sometimes accents are hard to maintain for a whole shoot in the same consistent way. I wasn't sure, but I was one. I was wondering if you guys, you know, when uh, you can really hear the, the accent shift that you're talking about when the so, when so, the cops come up, there's is that. that. A hundred percent, because he, but he's playing like kind of a uh, not a dummy, but he's playing oh, like my I'm TV. just a normal yeah. guy <laughs> kind of. In the, in the scene where he's he's like he's like yeah, go ahead, use my crapper. Um, <laughs> no, he when he's when he's like uh, he comes in on Corky and Violet making out on the couch, and he's like, oh, yeah. what the fuck is this? And then his, <laughs> that's one accent, and then the next one he he. Uh, Joey Pants is so fucking good in this movie. He's so he's, good. He's like he is the third lead of this movie, and he's yeah. like the reason the movie works. Um, and he he uh, he turns it around as soon as he realizes that Corky is a woman, and he's like, oh, he's like, oh shit, it, it it's dark in here. Like he's trying to be polite, um, and he turns on the. This like Chicago gangster accent, which is like basically his like business voice, right, which right. is yeah. like I'm gonna be very, I'm being very polite on the outside. I'm showing my teeth a lot, so you can tell that if you don't fucking do what I say, I'm gonna murder you. But I'm just a friendly guy, like that whole fucking the mafia thing. Yeah, where it's like you know what, just just take the money, take the money. We're friends. <laughs> if you don't take the money, I'm gonna murder you in your apartment tonight. <laughs> Like that that whole that whole spiel is when you can really hear the contrast. So we did we did pass over two of my favorite parts about this movie. Or one is my my favorite like funniest part of the movie, uh, and the other one is I think the like the clear theming of the movie because that really sets up a theme that runs throughout the movie of 
uh, when 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 Caesar walks in on them and is like, "What the fuck is this?" and then it's like, "Oh, never <laughs> mind." Too good, wi- Aaron. Too wit. <laughs> Thanks. Finally, I did a good accent. Uh, and uh, and he's like, "Oh, never mind. Women can't kiss." So, uh, I guess this is not an issue at all because that would be crazy. But it's that idea of like the the men in this movie consistently. Uh, not just underestimating them, but like seeing them as like a lesser species and like them, everyone constantly getting comeuppance for that, uh, right, for right. that perception that they have. Like it, it goes into like the cops, the other mob bosses, not realizing like, you know, and, and again, really it starts with that. And then it's a great bookend at the end when, when Caesar's like, you're not going to shoot me. Um, and uh, she's like, what the fuck? Like, of course I'm going to shoot you. You are the worst. This is actually a really good idea right now. Caesar, I don't love you. shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who can do <laughs> Jennifer Tilly's voice? Uh, I cannot. She's like, she's like Who? the, this like, it, it, she's like Marilyn Monroe died. And then Marilyn Monroe is like, no, fuck this. I'm not dying of a drug overdose in a hotel room. <laughs> and then she just became Jennifer Tilly. She's like, I'm going to do campy movies forever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it is definitely a very, uh, very new voice. And she's very good in this. But yeah, that whole like the way that just constantly it's like um, the you, you are seeing like Violet and Corky are our main characters. Like we see them through like. Uh, each other's eyes especially um and and like we know that they are like uh capable human beings and then the way that every other fucking idiot in this movie is like oh girls can't guess what girl, what do girls do oh yeah just constantly <laughs> like it's like the whole thing and it's just like they are ripping you off and like their plan is fucking amazing uh it's it's so it, like the way it constantly is doing that is so good and then the other part i really like like the funniest part of this movie is like how even Violet, all he know, all she knows, is that Caesar is an idiot and a scared wimp. But like the way that he, like it's such a good contrast, and why I'm bringing it up in the same breath of what I just talked about is that like he thinks he's this fucking genius with these amazing plans, and every one of his plans is so bad, <laughs> and he keeps getting himself in worse and worse situations. <laughs> like, he thinks he's this fucking genius who's a bigwig with the mob, and every time he's like, the, the amount of times in this movie he goes, just let me think, just let me think, okay. <laughs> and then every time something dumber comes out of his mouth, and you also feel really, like, empathy for Violet in those moments, because... Jennifer Tilly's so good because the look that she gives him is like someone who has lived with the dumbest man alive for five years. <laughs> and it's just like now it's actually life and death things that, that he is making terrible decisions on. Right, but I'm right. sure before it was like, what? I'm uh, Yeah, no, I'm going to. I, you don't need to put dish soap in the dishwasher. Like it's water; it cleans it. <laughs> like that, she's had to deal with that for five years, and now it's like, uh, and now now he's making dumb life and death decisions. Yeah, I I subtitled this episode "Women Do the Darndest Things" because the the entire movie is about uh, dumb men who under constantly underestimate the women around them treat them like their children 
talk yeah. down to them, underestimate everything, just like everything that they can do, and then get fucked over because of it. Every single part of this movie would not make sense if you switched one of the genders of, of one of the characters. Like, literally, like, none of the scenes. Like, th- that final scene where Jennifer Tilly, Violet, is uh, saying goodbye to the mob boss. And she's basically like, I guess he's made off with the money. Um, <laughs> she has the best voice. Um, she, I guess he's made off with the money. It's so that is that though. is that is definitely not that is a very specific <laughs> voice you're doing. Though. That's um that's uh, uh uh the the lady from um, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty. That's a pretty good uh, Audrey Audrey uh, impression. Yeah, Audrey one, but not. Audrey two, um, yeah. But anyways, please don't, please don't do an Audrey two impression <laughs> on the show. <laughs> okay. Um, the the point I was making is basically the, like that that whole scene where the guy's just like he thinks Violet is hot. He also has a very condescending, soft misogyny about her, and I'm not saying that's any any uh, less harmful than uh, hard misogyny. But I'm saying this that he is. He's like, he treats her like a child. He, he doesn't think she's capable of anything. He's like, obviously, you didn't take the money. Obviously, you didn't murder Caesar. Like, that sort of condescending talking down to women. Yeah. And what's interesting is that when... Women first, can murder people, too. Yes. When you first meet Caesar, you he's very much a soft misogynist. He's like, he just talks down to Jennifer Tilly. He's, he's gentle with her, but you know that he's asserting control. You know he's being abusive still, but just on a much softer level to the point where, like, Jennifer Tilly's like, I can put up with this bullshit, but if he puts a finger on me... Uh, and then as the movie goes on and he starts to go crazier and more wackadoo and he starts to physically the moment that he points a gun at her for the first time, she's like, fuck, no, like you're dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is not this is not fucking happening. And I love that that sort of transition where she's like, I can put up with you talking down to me because that actually gives me power in a lot of situations. But don't you dare point a gun at me. And that's what I love about this movie. Like the ge- the gender dynamics are in it are so fun and it's so i can only imagine um how empowering it must be for someone on the other side of the equation like because i'm feeling like jazzed off of how jennifer tilly must feel oh yeah absolutely Uh, it's like um i what what um talk about gender dynamics it actually does something uh that I also don't hear talked about very often in that uh, I already mentioned that uh, Corky spends a lot of time uh, tied up and uh, it's up to up to Violet to, to save the day. Um, so even yeah. even within the um, the even within the lesbian dynamic, they they invert that because you think that oh Violet's the damsel in distress and and Corky's gonna save her and because like she's sort of the the more butchy one and Violet's the femme so so obviously you know Corky's gonna bust in and save the day but even there it it gets inverted you know like uh, she obviously. The, Quirky wants to to be with her and, and rescue her from from Caesar, but um, ultimately turns into 
not Corky necessarily being her physical rescuer as much as she is the like the the catalyst, the wake up call that Violet needed to uh, escape yeah. escape this compat life. Compat is compulsory heterosexuality. Uh, like if you're gay, but you have to live the stealth life because you're not out or you're scared to come out or you just financially need that stability, then you then you're compat. You're uh, living. Ah. Yeah. So uh, basically, Violet had been living a compat life until you uh, until she met until she met Corky and she's like, hey, wait a minute, I don't. Maybe I can get away with it. Maybe I don't. Uh, maybe I, I don't need to abase myself anymore to uh, to what I had been doing. You know. So, um, and I think that's that's also a very interesting thing. It's not just um, it's not just a, a which one of you is the guy and which one is used the girl. Like it's more complex than that. <laughs> and I think that's something that a lot of people don't, because I think a lot of people still do definitely have that, uh, you know, with, with lesbians and with gays even as well. Like which one of you is the guy and which one used the girl. And it's like, it's a little more complicated than that. It's, um, we're not just like we're not just copying uh like cishet uh gender dynamics where um even even in this which is kind of a power fantasy um it's it's not just like you said you can't just turn Corky into a man and uh, have the same story because uh, there's there's that element of um of awakening in there that uh, would not be so uh, if if it was a heterosexual romance. Like, if this movie is like the studio wanted to do uh, originally and have uh, Corky uh, be a man, uh, or rewrite the script so that Corky was a man, uh, like, this is just like kind of a okay John Dahl movie from the 90s. It been, like, <laughs> yeah, I like, guess. What is the... What it would is have been the amazingly theme? directed, but like, yeah. would would the witch? Well, let's ask a question. Would the Wachowskis have still given a personal stake about it enough? Like, have given enough of a shit about it to direct the fuck out of it the way they do in? in, in oh this God, movie? no! Entirely well, I, no, no! Fuck no! No! <laughs> um, but assuming well, also, they did, I mean, it would have been. It, assuming they did, it would have been like a functional, fun little thriller that we m- definitely a hundred percent would not be talking about twenty years later. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and you, you, you see, that's even hard to say as a hypothetical because, like, uh, Joel Silver Studio said, "Okay, well, we're not going to make the movie," and they said, "Okay, I guess we won't make the movie," and they found a different studio. Like, <laughs> uh, like so, there's there's definitely not a hypothetical situation where it seems like they would have directed it that way. But I don't know if they had sold the script like an assassin situation. Uh, Maybe Richard yeah, yeah, Donner yeah. directs it that way, but uh, or whatever but, else. But that's super. But that's super interesting because, like. So the the if you if you made this into a traditional sort of gender norm movie, however, let's assign all of the the traditional masculine characteristics to to Corky and all of the traditionally feminine characteristics to Violet. Um, then it's in, it's this very boring knight in shining armor story about a tough guy trying to save his girlfriend who's completely helpless from <laughs> yeah. joey pants in the next apartment uh trying to come trying to save him instead it's about two very smart capable people that 
aren't assigned gender norms. They're not assigned like one's the tough one who does the violence and one's the the smart strategic one. Instead, it's like it kind of mixes it. It starts off it starts off Corky's plan and then Violet takes over when things get out of hand. Uh, Corky starts off the the violent the you know the, the 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 one who throws the gun on the mattress and says I'll take care of it. And it ends with Violet putting a bullet into uh, into Joey Pants's head into caesar's head right, right. and that awesome that awesome shot with the, <laughs> yeah. the fucking um with the, the paint bucket the paint yeah <laughs> so you, oh. you're totally you are spot on like this movie would be so, both of you are spot on like this movie would be so much less interesting if it were well, about a hetero couple also i mean one so i read that i didn't know that the first time i watched it. i read that before i watched it this time it is interesting to note that let's say you keep violet's character the exact same but make Corky a man. I do think that the you know the reason you have a lesser movie is that you have a movie that people can interpret rightly or wrongly as as Violet having less agency than she has now. Like you have Corky coming up with the plan, as you said. You have uh, you know the the it just it it could easily feel like and and I'm assuming this way the Wachowskis are like no, because not only is that dynamic the way that all these movies go. You could easily graft dialogue by dialogue a damsel in distress nerve onto it, not because that's what's in the dialogue or the scripting or something like that, because because that is almost extensively the archetype and the the stereotypes and the 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 the, the version of that story we've seen a hundred times that's 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 pounded into people's brains so much that like they have been conditioned to see that as a damsel in distress story um, of some sort. So like it's it's. It's not even just that I think um, the the movie would be kind of forgotten and, like I said, be kind of a, a I maybe a, a, a mid middling John Dahl movie from the late nineties or whatever else, but also that like because of the way that uh, Hollywood has kind of broken our brains with gender dynamics in a lot of ways and the way that we are used to seeing certain, uh, cr- especially when it comes to criminals and that sort of stuff presented on screen, that like it would that all characters would suffer as a result even kept like word because that's how we are like in some ways programmed to view these things right and i think that maybe like the if i'm being charitable because like this is this is the most thought i've ever given to an alternate version of bound where quirky as a man because i don't want to think about these things uh, <laughs> um I think the most charitable reading one might give that alternate version is that, oh, they're really, um, like, upending things by, you know, Quirky's a tough guy, and, uh, yeah, I'll take care of it, uh, but, you know, he ends up tied up, and, um... And Violet has to save the day and kill the bad guys. Like, oh, it's... I, I, I'm sure that there would have been some feminist reading of that. Like, oh, they upend the gender roles in this film bound because the tough guy turns out to need the lady's help. And um, if anything, that makes... That gives me the heebie-jeebies even more. Because, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. like, like, yes, that is technically true. But, ooh, in this universe, we wouldn't have had the move, the wonderful movie that we had now. And uh, <laughs> the the... the the B tier, the the great value version of it, uh, would still be getting progressive points. And oh boy, do I hate that! <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and it's also, I mean, how many how many movies like that exist that we don't know about, right? Like, I mean, it, it's worth 
So we're saying that the Wachowski sisters, someone said, hey, we're going to make your movie. You've never directed a movie. We're going to let you direct your movie that you have written and you can make it. You just have to change one minor thing. Like, how how much does it take for someone to go, no, thank you. We'll see if we can get this made somewhere else. As especially for like, integrity. It's yeah. not just integrity. Like, it is like almost any first time like a person that has written one screenplay for a movie that did poorly uh the idea that they would turn down the offer to write and direct your own movie is almost like unfathomable uh, unfathomable yeah yeah and and so like how many of these of of like the alternate universe earth b bounds have we seen and and that we don't even know it because the studio said, we'll make your movie, change this one thing. And they went, of course. Why did I say no to that? I want to make movies. Maybe on the next one, if this is successful, I can you know have a little more creative freedom. How many artists and directors and writers do we do we see that like one of the first things they get to do once they have a hit movie is like add more creative and artistic freedom? So – you know, there's. I'm sure there's. There's tons of alternate universe bounds out there that maybe we love, maybe we dislike, but like we we don't know if they could have been uh, our universe bound uh, in in various different ways because of just how insidious that kind of stuff is. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, I will forever mourn the uh, version of the Matrix that we did not get in which. Uh, Neo is a woman in the Matrix, or like uh, when when he like reprograms himself, or when he thinks of his idealized version. Once he understands what the Matrix is, like okay, then I'll I'll fucking be a woman in this in this world where I can uh, where I can rewrite myself, you know. And uh, t- yeah, during that- they did like sixteen versions of that script, and there there were <clears throat> so we we know like a lot of of the 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 gender dynamic stuff that they were trying to play with that script and they ended up playing with very little of it um switch switch was supposed to be the character that was supposed to take that place in a later version of the script right right switch just ended up being a character who was drawn fairly um sort of androgynous yeah but but you know didn't have like a a gender transition between you know the the real world with the sentinels and the matrix world right like it was just the same character between both the same person between both um we, I, I, I agree with you. That would have really, really. The movie is already pretty good on its cyberpunk politics, but like that would have pushed, pushed it into uh, the the deeper realms of good cyberpunk, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because like, I mean, one of the things like the people forget that the second part of cyberpunk is punk. You want to fucking you know throw out the rules, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think a lot of nerds that are like, yeah, the cyberpunk, I like Blade Runner, <laughs> like they don't think about the actual themes behind it and like abolishing uh, the gender binaries. Like one of the most concrete things you can you can do and like uh, have that part of, be part of your. Um, of your narrative uh like uh, altered carbon did that a little bit the netflix show where like the a guy's wife uh, woke up in a dude's body uh and like she was for most of the second half of the season she was uh, in a dude's body and um yeah i think that um uh, that that is something that is that oh gosh we are i mean especially on a on a 
like matrix budget level in terms of our filmmaking yeah. we are so not there anymore i mean like we're what like 30 marvel movies in and we've had like one hilarious gay cameo by one of the russo <laughs> brothers <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, like it's, it's, i'm laughing so i don't cry well don't you remember pretty prominent beauty and the beast <laughs> uh, right where they where they uh heavily implied it and then said it in an interview once uh yeah it's 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 pretty bad it is uh, you know talking about the the way the matrix was and all these changes and stuff like that we talked a little bit about this on our matrix episode but it is just crazy to look back and like rewatching Bound, especially rewatching The Matrix recently, and be and like remembering that up until like the mid two thousands, the the Wachowski sisters were like really just like the type of directors that were like known as like. The, the ready to have a, the biggest bro down or something like that like yeah they're like fucking guns and lesbians <laughs> and like and like v for vendetta like that shit that guy fox stuff like the, the amount of like the amount of like where they where they were kind of pigeonholed by like i i, I would actually say mainstream like there's there's so much stuff i read as part of the matrix stuff about how many people like caught on to what uh the matrix was doing trans people especially gay people earlier on but but like i i'm not here to say that i caught any of that and still much much later and reading uh, a lot of great articles from those people but like yeah if you would have asked me in 2000 four or five i would have been like yeah they're kind of like the fucking uh you know they 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 they, i would have i would have probably compared them to troy baker and i feel not troy baker troy duffy uh, troy duffy (laughs) yeah and i feel bad about saying that like obviously way more talented and not like lunatics or anything (laughs) like that but like the probably their like artistic vision i would have i would have put in there just because like that was like that was what was emanating out of their work and that's what was in the mainstream discussion of like who they were as people and the type of films they were making and now going back and rewatching these it is like one of those like oh shit it was there all along i i and so many other people like were were missing so much of what they were putting out in their movies i i think that um the difference between even suppose an alternate movie in which uh, Troy Duffy is talented uh, even, <laughs> even I don't think that universe exists, but go on <laughs> that's the one Doctor Strange couldn't see uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they um, e- even without like the gap in quality there's not that um, like you said like they were known as like the fucking bros who love guns and lesbians <laughs> and trench coats and like yeah. I I would kill to just have trash with guns and lesbians in, like, I would love to have just one of them every year. Just one, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 We, it, like, we, it doesn't need to be high art. It just needs to exist. No. It just needs, the representation just needs to exist yes. and be satisfying and satisfy someone's creative urge to make, like, badass movies with lesbians in it or badass movies with trans people in it. Oh, yes, exactly. I was, you know, I was, um. It's so true. I, I don't, um. When I go to to a movie, just any regular old movie at the at the multiplex, it would be like in an ideal world, I wouldn't know what like the main romance was going to be 
like now I can just like 99.99999% can be like, yep, if there's romance in this movie, it's going to be between two cis people and they're going to be straight. And like, and if it's not, then you know, it's, I'll have heard about that in the media. I'm like, oh, this one, this movie is woke. We've yeah. got the representation going on. And, <laughs> and like, I wish, I wish I didn't know. I wish I could go into a movie and be like, oh, this turns out this is a gay romance. This is a lesbian romance. It's got trans people in it. It's non-binary people. caught off guard for once. Yeah, right? exactly. Because cause it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. <laughs> unless, no. unless you're making a movie that's specifically about gender dynamics. Um... Or, or specifically about uh, like the, the sexual orientation or, or discrimination or what what the heck ever or, or about an awakening in in that sense. Um, if it if 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 your movie is not about that, then it shouldn't just default to cis and hetero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. and you just don't get that. I, I don't need, like you said, I don't need high art. I would love to have a fucking, uh, you know, a Resident Evil, but Miliovich is real dykey, <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> like, there's so many hot women in the fucking Resident Evil movies. Just make it actually text. Make them make out once in a while. That's, that's the level that I that, that I would be fine with <laughs> to get a fucking Resident Evil sequel. And Considering who wrote and directed I don't know, five out of seven of those movies, <laughs> yeah. uh, you'd figure at some point, the the husband and wife duo would be like, mm, let's. We don't need to give her a love interest that's a man. We can we can make it a lady. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, we, just on a sheer sleaze level, <laughs> be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's in, it's interesting that you say that though, because one of the things that I did read a lot of reviews, both of the time and some some more uh, more recent ones, was that you know one of the one of the reasons why Bound gets a lot of praise is that it kind of does fit with that, like. It is it is a movie about the way that women are treated by a male kind of dominated like infrastructure or society or stuff like that. But like uh, you know that it kind of treats in some ways its lesbian relationship, except the way it's viewed by other people as like a very normal uh, you know thing. Like it's not I forget the exact quote, but it was like someone wrote about how it's like. It, it's a rare movie that's a that's a lesbian movie that's not about homosexuality. Yes, and y- you know what? I'm I'm probably a bad trans person. I'm probably a bad lesbian because I don't really care all that much about those movies. Like I see enough misery in in real life. Like I can just turn on the news if I want to see gay misery, uh, and <laughs> I just I just I just want that. I just want a movie that is about. You know, a heist, or, or 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 fighting some dudes, or or like here's an alien, or and it has it has lesbians in it. You know, um, yeah, like uh, fucking what's uh, the Netflix Annihilation? Oh, yeah, it's a great fucking movie. It had a it casually had a lesbian in it, and it was it was all women. And I don't think they they like it was a big old Alex Garland was making a movie with uh, with all women. I don't think they really made a big deal out of that. It was just a new new sci fi yeah. movie. <laughs> And uh, Alex Garland yeah. was just like, I'm making an all like a 95% woman movie, and uh, one of the characters happens to be gay, and uh, this is this is what the future is going to look like. Yes, like, <laughs> re- representation with uh, the representation that doesn't pat itself on the back, like the fucking the fucking Disney movie, the fucking Disney Marvel movies, like them being like, hey, she made 
funny eyes at that other superhero but then she went and kissed then she went and kissed a boy anyways uh and then in interviews later uh she's like yeah for sure for sure she's a lesbian you're like well you know where a good place to see that would be was um in the movie yeah exactly like you know not only not only is representation not happening at anywhere near the scale should happen to uh the reason that it's not happening is because of capitalism so really kind of two of the worst things uh in the world kind of coming together speaking about capitalism though it is weird we talked about like some ingrained things that you can have from watching movies and having um whatever else i definitely get weird anxiety when i see that much money covered in blood (laughs) (laughs) there's that hecky movie where he's just flushing money down the toilet and apparently he like made people in the audience deeply uncomfortable (laughs) oh my god it, it, it just feels very stressful like to see that much and like just because the i i can't help but put myself in that situation like if i had that much money covered in blood how would i even like what would be the steps would i <laughs> throw just it away yeah. how would i clean it to use the money for the stuff <laughs> i need the money for like it's very stressful and like it surprises me the, the sisters revisited that theme of flushing money down the toilet by making jupiter ascending <laughs> <laughs> That movie was where I was like, okay, they've they've gone cuckoo bananas. I I yeah, I can't hate Jupiter's ending because it's so because no. it's cuckoo. It, it is cuckoo bananas. But I think um, a friend I went to see it with in the cinema, like he he destroyed it for me with one sentence. <laughs> like we came out and like you know you've got those three siblings that all want Mila Kunis for different reasons, but ultimately for the same thing. The, so my friend we walked to the cinema and my friend said, so wait that one brother basically just wanted the same as Eddie Redmayne, only he was only going to kill her after he married her. (laughs) And I was like, oh, (laughs) fuck. Yes, they have exactly, they want exactly the same thing. It just stretched the movie out for 30 extra minutes because they were going to get married. (laughs) And I was like, oh, God, (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) And I had a really great time until you went and used your dumb brain. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know, like, there's a point pretty early in the movie where where uh, Mila Kunis is like, why aren't the bees stinging me? And, like, bees know what queens are. And I'm like, I think I'm in for this. <laughs> like, I don't know what this is. But it's not good, but uh, there's a level of, like, genius and sanity that's, like, put that in a $180 million movie <laughs> to be like, no, bees always recognize a queen. Like, because they are big proponents of the monarchy, or something <laughs> like like it's just the way that their their uh, system works. Like they don't know it's a queen. Like they're not like they're not like be the eighteenth Walida. Uh, Listen, humans don't even recognize other queens. I, yeah, it's like if your queen is 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 Queen Elizabeth and you believe in Queen Elizabeth, you're not going to go over to Spain and be like, you know what, game recognized. <laughs> Uh, Philippa of the twelfth or whatever. Yeah, it's it's not a good movie, but there's there's something going on there that I feel is like I I, I didn't hate watching any part of. Yeah, it. no, I I, I, I I don't know what's going on here, but this is great. I have a couple of little moments, uh, and I, if you guys have your moments, then we should probably get to some final thoughts because uh, it's very early where Luana is and getting very late for where uh, myself is, and then Peter's right in the you're right, kind of in the perfect meaty middle. 
uh, because I, apparently West Coast is the best coast. <laughs> Such um, as, as, uh, as Ice Cube. I, <laughs> I really like how even Joey Pants can't get the fucking uh, cutting off finger speech right. <laughs> um, like, he really can't do anything right. It's so great. But, like, you know, the mob boss is like, I'm going to ask you this question ten times. And it's, like, fucking scary. Like, you realize, like, he's just going to ask the same question ten times. Um and Joey Pants trying to do the same thing on Corky goes, I'm going to ask you 10 questions and every time I cut off a finger, <laughs> which which is nowhere near as terrifying, doesn't make all that sense. But it's like the perfect like, oh, I'm a smart guy. I'm a tough guy. I heard what that guy said. I'm going to put that into practice one of these days. <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, it's it's great. I just love how he can't fucking do anything right. And you can't help but feel for Violet because, oh, my God, five years. That is work. She is right. Corky was wrong. It's work. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to have uh, taught the term uh, compet to you guys. <laughs> now you know what yeah. that is. And now you can now you can despair whenever you see it. oh yeah you taught me a new level to be depressed thank you Uh, (laughs) welcome to the queer experience fellas (laughs) you're lucky I just started therapy (laughs) Uh, add some new stuff things to be sad about We didn't talk about the fact that this is a movie that's in a that's mo- largely in a bottle. Um, it, it does leave. Yeah. It does leave the apartment complex. Uh, they go to a gay bar, um, which uh, is something to talk about. Uh, one of the women in the, actually, I think most of the women in the gay bar are related to this person. Um, but one of the women in the gay bar is uh, a feminist writer who uh, helped the Wachowskis uh, sort of uh, consulted them. Yeah. Yeah, for the sex scenes and how to just sort of handle this relationship um, without Mm -hmm. sort of um, becoming something that ostensibly speaks for the community but it isn't. That's really cool that they were like, they got this this consultant and they were like, you get to be in our movie and you get to be in our gay bar scene. (laughs) And, but, like, ultimately, like, that's what most people should do. Like, if uh, you know, it fucking, it sucks when you, when uh, white, straight, cis, uh, hetero people uh, get to make movies about other cultures when there's more qualified writers out there that are vying for the job. Um, but if you're going to do that, which, you know, at the time we assumed that was about about the Wachowskis, right? Well, I, but, well exactly. That's what, that, that was my joke, yeah. Um, but th- th- we all assumed that. But, uh they at least at the time were like okay we're operating within a certain context let's get some let's get some new voices in and that's so cool that like they were like not only were we really happy to work with this 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 writer let's let's put her in the movie yeah um and i actually only learned that like i think this year like who this lady was uh so i i am i must reiterate that i am a bad gay <laughs> Because so, I was like, I, I just assumed they flew by the seat of their pants, and like that the sisters nodded at each other, like, yeah, we, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, but uh, the- I mean, directors and writers are kind of like as as uh, popular as uh, behind the you know behind the scenes people get, right? Like, it's totally fair because people don't usually talk about consultants that come on the movies. Um, they, t- they talk about the writer and the director and then occasionally a producer if that producer is like fucking Spielberg or Joel Silver. <laughs> yeah, as we did here. <laughs> Joel Silver wanted to yeah. fucking make it. Yeah. Yeah. But he did not produce this movie. Yeah, luckily. 
I love how most of this movie is operates within uh, the two apartments because it's it adds the Hitchcocky Hitchcockianness. There's some my favorite Hitchcock movie is Rope. Yeah. Oh, that was one of my notes too about how much that dead body police scene feels like Rope. And it, it this uh, it felt very rope, even though it didn't do like the one take. Th- it didn't really do any long takes. Um, the camera, the 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 camera work is incredibly beautiful, and it mostly sw- it swoops around a lot and makes cuts. Um, uh, but the the actual the timing of everything, the tightness of everything, like this this sort of Swiss clock thing was very Hitchcocky, and the fact that it all took place in limited context was uh what really really my favorite thing in the movie um lana what is your what's your favorite stuff left in this movie we haven't talked about um we briefly touched upon like the um the close-ups of like lips and fingers that when they first meet each other in the apartment i think that's like it goes from funny to like actually hot very well like uh like we're we're, oh we're all having a laugh but hey you know uh and uh it it does it does that very well and that's a fucking uh tricky uh tightrope to walk uh and uh, it's funny that uh, you mentioned rope because i was i was thinking that too and i there's a pun to be made between like bound has a lot of similarities with, with rope <laughs> yeah uh, and um yeah, we actually did. We, we actually talked a lot about uh, my favorite aspect of the movie is that it's very cheesy, perhaps, but I uh, like that it's 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 a happy ending. That it's this it's this big old cuddly for all the sex and violence. It, it's absolutely a big old cuddly safe space, and um, what I and I think also for me it is the um, the incompetence of uh, of Joey Pants versus Violet's awakening. Like that's that's being of Italian descent and having to co- having had to cosplay an Italian man for quite a while <laughs> is uh, something that uh, super speaks to me. But yeah, this is just this is just such a this is just such a, a a tight, dense film, and like the text is the text is as interesting as the meta text. Aaron, is there anything we missed before we get to final thoughts for you? Uh, no, I think we hit most of my points. I'll just uh, we mentioned a lot of the, uh, how well directed this movie is. Uh, the the scene of Caesar deciding to shoot everyone is <laughs> amazingly so well directed. Like the way like there's a bullet that misses, it slows down. He almost like kind of leans his way into turning his gun in like this kind of indescribable way. Um, very visually appealing, but kind of hard to to talk about exactly what's going on. But it's great. I, I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> the um, <laughs> there's a. <laughs> Uh, the, the the Hitchcock comparison uh, is very funny because like wow imagine making a modern day Hitchcock uh, movie that all the women that were in it enjoyed being in. <laughs> <laughs> imagine if yeah, imagine what if? No, that's a fun Hitchcock. That's a, that's a really good uh, that's a really good summary of it. It, 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 and it is like it is it is fun because like Hitch, Hitchcock thought he was like this little devil who would like show a flushing toilet on screen, but the reality is that Hitchcock was actually rather conservative and like showed his his neuroses uh, about um, women and his his sexual hangups on film a lot, and the Wachowskis are like working through their sexual journey on film um through not all of their films but 
starting with Bound, at least, at, at least, and most definitely all the way through Sense8. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and <laughs> Like, I don't know if Speed Racer is particularly revealing to their, their inner sexual d- development, their sexual journey, but, but like most of those movies in between, all of the Matrix movies, um, definitely Jupiter Ascending, like, it, it's a... Uh, this this movie is is so much more sexually awakened than a lot of those movies and like the thing is yes brian de palma made a lot of great psychosexual thrillers a lot of them are very regressive and that's just something we have to deal with right that's just part of the equation this movie is very forward-thinking and very positive and and uh it captures that Hitchcock energy without capturing Hitchcock's regressiveness. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, that's what I wanted to. That's what I wanted to express. With it's a fun Hitchcock. It's a it's a wholesome exactly. Hitchcock. It it's a. You're you're totally on the money. I think that. Yeah. Um, um, let me just uh, drop some more trans culture in there. Uh, I think that uh, Speed Racer, just by virtue of being like a love letter to anime, is uh, is pretty revealing in the directors both being trans women uh like anime is as a big thing in the trans nerd community uh because oh, that's true it's like there's a lot of uh, uh it's actually kind of weird that they did speed racer not like sailor moon because sailor moon is all about magical girl transformations uh, but yeah, anime is, is, is a huge fucking uh, thing because like, you know, the, most, most trans girls are, that I know of at least in, that, in my extended uh, a group of friends and acquaintances have always been huge nerds and like, uh, anime definitely does weirder things with gender than uh, like American pop culture does. Like, like, you know, we talked about Hitchcock and De Palma, but like stuff that you grew up with is like either completely desexualized, like you know, Star Wars or something, or then you know when you get into the more racy stuff, it is it is exactly, you know, it just stereotypes things into predatory men and either virtuous or victim victimized women. Uh, that's that's kind of yeah. where we're where we're stuck at in our part of the world. And I'm not saying that that's not there in Japan because you know that's uh, uh, you know the there, there's also very much the uh, the danger of um, of trying to uh, beatify a, a different culture too much, you know. Of course, they have their regressive uh, regressiveness there as well, but they definitely don't. Even if it's not always explicitly queer, they definitely tend to dare to get weirder in their like uh, like kids and teenage uh, aimed stuff. Uh, so so yeah, I just just you mentioning Speed Racer there and being like, is that part of their sexual awakening? I think it's I think it's part of their trans identity, definitely. That's an awesome thing to throw in because we will never cover Speed Racer on this show. <laughs> I mean, I might cover it. I don't know if Peter's going to show. Yeah, you guys want to? You guys, actually, I, I would cover it uh, just to purely do like an entire series on like, is this live action or animated? <laughs> Let's just talk you about might... that for a month. There's a few movies that I have seen in the last few years that I'm very surprised at how much I liked. On paper, I should like it. And a couple that come to mind are Speed Racer, which in, in theory is not a movie. It's, that's why I ignored it. Like, I don't care about Speed Racer, the cartoon. It was like, it has like a weird monkey friend in it, like the fucking Lost in Space movie. Like, <laughs> in theory, 
it just did not seem like my sort of thing, and I ended up fucking loving it. And then the other one that we've talked about on the show before is like the Power Rangers movie from 2017. I've never seen a Power Rangers thing, and the little bits that I have seen, I didn't care for that much. And that movie fucking rules. Uh, and I don't. And apparently, most people that saw it didn't care for it. And then here's me, someone who not a Power Rangers fan, watched it and went, "I love this," and I don't know why. I also enjoyed the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie's great uh i it, it was like i said having just watched it recently finding out that it's not like fucking poison ivy <laughs> or some shit, like was helpful uh-huh. uh but then i finally you know kind of got around to it uh and and yeah just was completely blown away like this is such a good movie and on on every level but it really you know uh being able to do it for this month having lana as a guest to kind of talk about it more like you know peter said it best like it's it's a movie there are some movies that fit right into our show but also like you know we we don't want to just have two straight cis dudes talking about uh bound it feels feels off <laughs> even if even if we can talk about it cinematically or what a great movie it is like there's a lot more going on and even though it is fun uh there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to to talk about. So yeah, I I really love this movie. It is uh kind of rewatching a few of those Wachowski uh movies really kind of re-jump started me on some of my uh some of my up and down opinions on, on them as directors over the last 15 years uh but uh, yeah, this movie's great, and I'm I'm so happy we got to talk about it with you. Oh, thank you! It was it was really fun uh, talking about it with you guys. Um, and you know, don't worry, I, I you know I, I appreciate the uh, fact that you would have felt off talking about this movie as two straight cis uh, guys. Um, so I'm happy to be your shield on that uh, on that <laughs> level. Um, I actually feel that I kept it pretty. Uh, pretty safe for work in my uh descriptions of it it's like i'll i'll um i because i could when, when i was a teenager i could just i saw this movie so often that like i i, I could time it you know i, I could time my nut to <laughs> to the good scenes like oh, i know when it's coming i know when it's coming i just need these two minutes yep there you go uh so <laughs> I, I didn't I, I would have felt bad if I did a whole bound commentary and I, I and I didn't I, I didn't get gross ones so let me just uh, let me just drop that in there uh, it's rare that people get as uh, gross as Aaron and I are and I just really appreciate you opening up like that because um, we're glad to know that you're also just a filth monster like <laughs> just 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 garbage <laughs> I'm glad to have, I'm glad to have been able to, to drop that load in the fa- in the final uh, thought section <laughs> um, okay thank you so much for coming on Luana. Uh yeah no problem I really enjoyed it uh, and uh, I look, I look forward to to struggling through the dark crystal with you guys. <laughs> yes, definitely, that will be a blast. And yeah, I mean, we uh, definitely we want to have you on again. Uh, uh, the logistics of planning it's a little more difficult, but it's always it's always been worth it uh, because uh, yeah, you we love talking to you oh thank you if you ever want to move to the states and come on uh, more frequently we'd love we'd love to have you but also don't do that because our country yeah is a fucking disaster. uh on the flip side can we move to belgium 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great idea. We're going to be staying with you, and we'll, we'll record some episodes together. Do you want to give that uh, link again for people to go uh, hear your wonderful work? Oh, yeah, that's uh, monstercommentaries.lipson.com. Uh, or uh, you can also find us on uh, iTunes and uh, Stitcher. Yeah, I can vouch for that. You can you can find them uh, on yes, just normal any Apple Apple Podcasts app and any any uh, Stitcher related app. Because um, I subscribe I'm subscribed to it. on mine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so thank you so much for coming on, Luana. Oh, it was uh, especially yeah. at the the very strange hours that you have to come on to talk to us <laughs> for. I uh, know it was a great uh, time as usual. Yeah, um, we'll we'll definitely yeah we'll hopefully do our crossover episode of Dark Crystal soon, Peter. What else do we have this month? We got two more. Next week, Caitlin Casiello is going to be coming on and bringing us Funeral Parade of Roses. Uh, we're very excited for that. We're also excited for Joey Lee back in the house bringing us, but I'm a cheerleader. Yeah, no, we're very excited. Uh, the, these first two episodes have been great. We're excited. And Funeral Parade of Roses is one especially that everyone's been like, oh, that's going to be a movie that you guys are going to see and it is going to be different than other movies you've seen so <laughs> I'm very excited uh, I'm very excited to see that one uh, but yeah thanks again so much for joining us uh, Lu- Luana um, I am ready for bed this is the latest I've ever recorded probably the second earliest you've ever recorded and Peter you smug asshole you're just gonna you're doing fine <laughs> Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, you both are you both are wonderful people, and uh, I I'm glad yeah, to have fine. been bound for you, bound to you guys for the past couple hours. Uh, good night. Oh, oof, good night. <laughs> you notice, uh, Luana? Have you noticed how uh, he doesn't like my puns or anything I say? But you just kind of roll with the punches. Do you do you want to be my co-host instead? Hey folks, thanks for listening to We Love to Watch. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we've got just a few quick announcements for you. There ain't nothing in the rule book that says that we can't do some of our own plugs, baby. If you'd like to talk to us, uh, tell us we're stupid, tell us we're beautiful. The quickest way to get to us is our Facebook group, facebook.com slash we love to watch, or our website, wltwpodcast.com. Leave us a comment, tell us we're doing a good job. Only tell us we're doing a good job. We're so sensitive. We're sensitive boys. We're soft boys. And uh, if you'd like to help other people, if you enjoy our show and want other people to be able to listen to this fine, fine program that we produce at no cost, we don't get any money for this. You guys have yet to pay us anything. We live and we breathe off of good reviews from iTunes. So if you would please go to iTunes, review our show, give us a positive rating. We would love to get more and more people involved in this show and this community. I know you hear it all the time, but it really does help. And we're also available, if you don't use iTunes, we're also available on Google Music, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're currently on SoundCloud. We'll take that out if SoundCloud goes away. (laughs) 
that's it. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned, guys, on our Facebook page, especially. We're going to have a lot more polls, a lot more prizes, and a lot more uh, interaction with you guys. So keep it tuned in. Uh, let us know what you guys are thinking. And again, above all else, thanks for listening to We Love to Watch.